Greetings, and welcome to the Tapestry Podcast. My name is Chris Turner. Tapestry is the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. Joining me today is the Executive Director of Tapestry, Mr. Ryan North. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Chris. How are you today? I'm well. And you? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. It's good. It's a good day. Good. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about is uh, we've noticed in the Empower to Connect classes, when it comes to participation, mm-hmm. that the ladies always seem to be much more enthusiastic than the gentlemen. Much more enthusiastic is probably fair, yes. Why do you think that is, Ryan? Um, hmm, interesting. So if you don't mind me just relaying a little bit behind that comment, Chris, sure. so, um, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that this was true for you and Kelly when you took the class. I don't remember, but we're just going to pretend like it was. Okay. Um, so we'll get to the class and, and we open the class and tell just a little bit about ourselves and our family and then go around the room and ask, uh, ask you to identify yourselves, um, your names and ages of your children and why you're taking the class. And generally it goes something like this. Mom, um, will will tell us um, you know, about two three minutes of uh, either they they had a friend that had taken the class and told them about the about the class because they were they were struggling and uh, or they had read the connected child or they you know gone to an empire to connect simulcast or one of the conferences or some some connection to that or um, and then they realized that this is I want this for my family. And you know we need this. We want hope and healing, and it's it's very it's very um, sincere. Mm-hmm. It is uh, very touching usually because mom's just kind of being really really open from from moment one in the class, and right. then and then well we'll look at her husband if um, if it's a married couple, and because um, we'll be married couple or we'll do singles and a support person, uh, and we'll look over to her, at the husband, and in eighty percent of the cases they have the identical answer, and it's simply this: my wife said we had to do this. <laughs> And so usually by about week uh, three or four, I find that week four is a, is a real turning point for families. I say that because we did week four last night with our current group, and we were still there an hour after class speaking to some of the, the folks. Um, because once we deal with understanding my child's history, and in week two and then in week three, we talk about what you bring to the relationship. Right. And then when we confront you with your child's history and your history, Generally, a lot of openness comes from that. There's there's a couple of things that I that I know to be true. In week four, somebody cries. At mm. least one person. Again, week four last night, somebody was crying when mm. we were discussing the homework, and that's good because that means uh, a couple of things. It means that you are starting to process some things, and it means also that you feel like our group is a safe place for you mm-hmm. to do that. It takes a few weeks for people to get there generally. So that's always when somebody cries. And as weird as it sounds, it kind of makes me happy because I feel like I feel like we're making progress. Well, you, you know they're taking it seriously and, yes. and taking it to heart. So Yeah, so I feel like we're making progress. But also the dads tend to get a, a lot more talkative around week three or four. In the classes, then 80% of the time, the dad will say, my wife said we had to do this. Um, we do the created to connect study on Sunday nights for, for whoever wants to. But for years, our ministry has done the created to connect study on Tuesday nights, uh, seven consecutive Tuesdays, and it's been a mom's only study. And generally in the spring, our Empire to Connect classes uh, at the church are fuller than the ones we teach in the fall because we've just been exposed to another group of women who then want um, to see that as a spring, you know, as, as a stepping stone to taking the full nine week course with their spouse. 
So your question was, why is that hard for dads? To some degree, you and I are dads that resemble that statement. In my experience, my wife was the one who thought, you know, we should, we should do this. They had just started Empower to Connect. Michael and Amy contacted us and asked us if we wanted to go through the class. They were developing this class. I think we were like the second group that went through it. And Kayla said, yes. And I was like, oh. <laughs> part of it wasn't that I wasn't interested in learning how to do things differently with the kids and how to parent them in ways that connected with them and parent them in ways that understood their history and how that history had impacted them. Part of the problem for me was that I had to sign up to go eight weeks. It was eight weeks at the time that we've now, we've now added a ninth week. Mm. Um, not added a ninth week, it's the same material, but it just takes a little bit of pressure off of what you have to cover in class. Part of the problem for me was the length of the commitment. And... I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that because when you think about all of the positives that you can get out of going to the class, to think that an eight-week commitment was to, was was just a burden that was too much to bear just sounds ridiculous coming out of my mouth now. But I know for me that was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. The other part of the problem is that, and I don't know if this holds true for all men, it holds true for most of the men that I know, is that when we actually have to change we don't like it. Right. Oh, we're more set in our ways than we want to admit. Like, I want people to think that I'm just like a go-with-the-flow kind of a guy. But if you spend more than five minutes with me, you realize <laughs> that it's not true. I'm pretty set in my ways. So I think that those are the – not I think. I know the, those are the two issues for me. Is One, I was like, wow, that's, that's quite a commitment that you're asking us to make. And number two, we then found out that there was homework. <laughs> you can go through the class without doing the homework. But you're only it doing, just doesn't work as well. When you yeah, because you're only really doing half the class, right? right? There's about two hours in class every week and about two hours of homework. Sometimes it's more, sometimes less, but it averages out about two hours with the homework. You're only, you're only getting half the benefit of the class if you don't do the homework. Mm-hmm. So we were like, if we're going to do this, we're all in. And so I didn't enjoy sitting on a Wednesday night at 11 o'clock reading Anatomy of the Soul because <laughs> it's a great book. But my gosh, it's not an 11 o'clock at night book for me. <laughs> right. So I just was throwing a flag after flag after flag. But the class was really good for me. And this is our experience with all of the dads who issue the, my wife made me do it. When we get a few weeks into it, you notice they're paying more attention. They're asking questions. And by the time we get to week nine and we say, hey, how has this training changed you? It is those dads who have the most to say. Mm-hmm. And they're in. I don't remember having a whole lot of objections. I'm sure I did. There were probably really superficial things. Because the way Kelly and I kind of got involved with the whole tapestry thing was when we were in the process of our first adoption, we got hooked up with one of the waiting families groups. And so I think it just kind of became a natural progression from there. Someone recommended read The Connected Child, and we read The Connected Child. And we found out that the Empower to Connect training was based upon a lot of the stuff in the Connected Child and the the research that uh, they've done over at TCU. We were like, okay, maybe we should go check it out. Yeah, so you're one of the 20 percenters. I might be one of the 20 percenters. It of course, is. my wife might listen to this too and go, but you said this. Yeah, like, so, uh, so I might just be having selective memory. Yeah, so this might actually, you might be a 20 percenter or be on the receiving end of liar, liar, pants it's on fire. fire. Right. <laughs> I think, at least in my experience, that's one of those things. To accept that you need to change requires an admission of what I'm doing is not working. And admitting that what I'm doing is not working is too close to what I'm doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And no one likes to be wrong. And no one likes to be wrong. And I think that 
as a male myself um, and then working with, with other dads, I don't know the numbers on this, but if I was guessing, there's a, there are higher instances of uh, narcissism in the male population than you would find in the female population. And I don't mean like, wow, what a narcissist. I mean like clinically diagnosed as having narcissistic personality disorder. I, if I was guessing, I would guess that the numbers amongst men are much higher than the numbers amongst women. I was raised that admitting that you needed to change was a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of those things play in, I, I'm, you know, I think that the moms do not fall into that trap for a couple of reasons. Because while I'm concerned about how this makes me look, my wife's concerned about how this will help my children. Mm. And so uh, that's one of the, one of the beautiful things about about working with moms is they're able to put their 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 feelings and hangups aside and see that this is something that can benefit their children before they come to the class. It takes guys. We have to be convinced. We have to sit through it for a few times. And, and really, when we went through the week on understanding what you bring to the relationship, that was the week when I was just, yeah, I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and Michael and I laugh about this because I'll, I'll tell him that I remember when we were in the class, you were like, man, well, how did I turn into this guy's therapist? Because I just like was unloading stuff. <laughs> He's nicer. He's nicer than that, and so this is probably not true. But some weeks I felt like he had this. I wish this guy would just stop talking. Look <laughs> on his face. But it is. I mean, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, change is good. Change is profound. Well, that's what that's what the gospel's about, right? That people can change. And so I'm, I'm glad that even though we do have a, a struggle embracing it in terms of on, on the front end, right? Even though we struggle with the concept of embracing the connected parenting on the front end, I'm happy to say that I'm yet to find a dad who gets to week nine and still doesn't understand why we should do this. Mm-hmm. So in light of all of that, why is it important that dads embrace trust-based parenting? That is a great question. It is important that dads embrace trust-based parenting. And there are a whole bunch of reasons, and I'll try to highlight a few of them here. Number one, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so how that relates to parenting is if we're bringing two different parenting philosophies into the relationship, well, that's, that's problematic. And what I do know is that when the pressure increases in your parenting, the heat rises, whatever you want to say, right? When things get more difficult and you're under the gun, that is when we find out a lot about who we are. And I... I need to know that the person in the foxhole with me is my spouse. Mm-hmm. If dads don't embrace that, then your house is divided in your parenting. And I can assure you that nothing good comes of that. Not a single good thing comes of mom and dad in conflict over how they should raise their children, especially their children from hard places. And this is why this is important to me. I have sons and daughters. And the nature of the relationship with my son is, is different than the nature of the relationship my wife has with my sons. You know, I have the rough and tumble kind of goof around, connect while shooting basketball, going for a bicycle ride kind of relationship with the boys, you know, shooting Nerf guns relationship with the boys. You know, Kayla shoots Nerf guns with the boys, but she also... It's a, it's a more tender relationship with, with the boys. And so because the nature of our relationships is not identical, I think it's even more important that our parenting philosophy be aligned. Mm-hmm. Because in, 
in different ways, they're getting the same response from their parents. So I can be connecting while I'm playing basketball with my 13-year-old son in the same way that his mother can be connecting with him when she's doing something else. Mm -hmm. The phrase daddy's girl is misleading because all of my girls, would, my wife would say they're daddy's girls. Mm -hmm. There's just something sweet about that relationship between a dad and his daughter. And so if they're not getting the same connected parenting from their dad that they're getting from their mom, then that's not good because I think it confuses the children, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, they then have to bear witness to mom and dad arguing about parenting. And then when, we're when the house is divided in terms of parenting, you don't actually end up parenting the children. You end up arguing with your spouse. Right. So I think for the strength of your marriage, number one, you should be aligned in parenting philosophy. Number two, for the effectiveness of your parenting, you need to be aligned in, in parenting philosophy. Um, I love loud guitar, rock and roll, and one of my favorite bands is a little band from Georgia called the Black Crows. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. I'm very familiar with them. So, so, so Chris and Rich Robinson are the brothers, and so their third album never actually saw the light of day because one of them would go in during the day and record a bunch of stuff, and then the, the other one would come in at night and not like it and like have a whole bunch of other stuff recorded. <laughs> they were never in the studio together, and finally, like after two months, the record company said, we're not paying for this anymore. Hmm. That's what not being aligned in parenting is like because all you do is work against each other. I think it's very important that dads embrace trust-based parenting because to be effective in helping your children heal, there has to be alignment. Mm -hmm. Think about it this way. What if only your wife understood what a hard place was, which is one level? But then level two, what if only your wife understood the impacts of hard places on a child? Mm -hmm. You cannot have empathy for your children if you don't understand where they're from. Right. I heard a really great um, quote by Brene Brown yesterday, and she said that compassion is a born out of a deeply held belief system. Empathy is the skill set to make your compassion come alive. Mm, that's good. That's good, right? I like that. And so if you don't have an understanding of somebody's situation... If you cannot put yourself in your shoe in their shoes, it is nigh impossible to have empathy for them. Right. And our kids don't need sympathy. Our kids need empathy. They need that compassion to come alive. And if you don't understand why they need the compassion, if you don't understand how their history has impacted the moment, then you're not going to be able to have that empathy. And you're going to parent them in ways that are harsh, punitive, and damaging to them um, emotionally. Um, psychologically as well as damaging to your relationship with them. So I hope I've answered the question. I feel like I rambled a little bit over there, but it is very important because alignment is good for your children. It's good for your marriage because if Kayla and I were not aligned on how we were, gonna, we were parenting and we have six children in our home, we would only do th two things, interact with our children and argue. Mm -hmm. That's all we would do. I think that goes back to something we talked about in one of the earlier podcasts with that the balance of nurture and structure, mm -hmm. how men tend to be more structure-based, women tend to be more nurture-based. And going through this training and learning these things, that was a big shift for me is learning to be more nurturing and, you know, oh, why are you crying? You know, stop crying. You know, well, he doesn't necessarily need to stop crying. You just want him to stop crying, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, developing more empathy and showing them more empathy. I think it has been a big uh, it's been a big boost for me with my relationship with with our boys. 
I think that's that's really really key what you just said there. If you if you look at the twenty five tools and just decide whether they are a primarily a nurture based tool or primarily a structure based tool, we're going to find that the majority of them are primarily a nurture based tool. Now that is not just an accident. It is because even like mom said that I'm high nurture, they also can get high get high structure pretty quickly when things when things are getting dysregulated. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have to think in terms of more nurture and that's hard that's hard for guys guys want to sort of um be coach dad mm-hmm. you know while just run faster no, what, well, yeah the enforcing problem? the structure is really easy yes we tell parents to encourage feelings now when your daughter or son is crying you just said it what is the first word that comes out of your mouth <laughs> don't cry stop crying now we're not encouraging feelings there. We are we are we are saying no. Don't express your we're, feelings. We're shackling the feelings there. Whatever you do in this moment, do not express your feelings. <laughs> that is what we're telling our children, because that's what we want to do. That's how I was raised. Boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Um, my thirteen-year-old son was four when he came home. We had two dogs at the time, and they are very very enthusiastic fetchers of a tennis ball. And so he kind of didn't really take to the dogs, but really wanted to take to the dogs. Mm-hmm. And so I, so we took him in the backyard, and I said, "Hey, if you just throw the tennis ball, they'll get it and bring it back back to you." And he really, really loved that. And he started giggling and started bonding with the dogs. But one of our dogs, um, her name is Valentine. She is very, very enthusiastic. She's very, very enthusiastic. And what that means is, every time she brings the ball back, her level of excitement rises. Oh. And so what that really means is she really misjudges her stopping distance. <laughs> and she gets closer and closer and closer, and then she bumps him over. And he starts crying. He's four. He should start crying. <laughs> Do you know what I did? Now, in my defense, I had not heard of Imparta Connect at this point <laughs> in my life. It didn't even exist, but I hadn't even heard of TBRI. This is what I did. I said, stand up, stop crying, and throw the ball. <laughs> Because that's my natural response, and that's mm-hmm. why this stuff is hard. Because it has to, it requires me to fight more of who I am right. than, it require, than my wife is required to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, um, you know, if Kayla was here with us, she could tell us why. Why, you know, she thinks that moms embrace it um, at a higher degree than dads do. Well, I think it, it fits more into their their nature. Yep. More easily, so. For me, to parent this way required me to do a 180. It only required my wife to do a 90-degree turn. Mm -hmm. And I would think that that holds true uh, in most families. Now, there are some families that we've had with dads say, hey, I heard about this. We want to do this. And when the mom will say, hey, my husband uh, kind of brought this to our family and it's sounded. They never say, he said we had it. They always say, well, once he told me about it, I thought it was a good idea too. Mm -hmm. But I've really come to understand that ships don't want to do 180s. No. That's hard work. And the problem with the hard work, to go with the ship analogy, is that we're generally doing it in times when the waters are rough. Right. And when you get the boat sideways in the rough waters, before you get it heading the other direction, you know, when you're in the halfway through the turn, that's when it's really, really tough because you've just been broadsided by the crashing waves. And I think that that is true for us when we change our parenting, is while we're turning our, parent, our parenting around and learning how to do something new in difficult times, it's when we're in the middle of it that it really is the hardest because we're conflicted. We're trying to embrace something new, but we're still going to our old ways. You know, I was yelled at a lot as a child. Lots of kids were yelled at. I'm not like, what right. was, was me? I was just it's the reality of my childhood. But I find that when, when if there's an issue with one child, I'm usually pretty good. 
But if there are simultaneous mm-hmm. issues with children, not that great because I start thinking, well, I can't cover all the bases here and my volume goes up. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the tools we teach is total voice control. Controlling your voice is important in how you communicate with your children and how they feel about how you communicate with your children. And so that was a real big one for me to say, you know, turn, turn the volume down when you speak to your kids. So it requires us to change a lot, and that is part of the problem, I think. I would like to thank Ryan for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Chris. It was good to be with you again. If you have a question for us that will fit into 140 characters, you may tweet it to us at tapestryibc. If you require a bit more room, you can email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. You may also find us on Facebook at tapestryibc. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. You can also subscribe from our website, tapestryministry.org. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.